guys, it's uh, Texas in here. Guess where I am? I'm in uh, beautiful, beautiful Australia. And I want you to remember, this is Texas Slims Media. We're bringing 100,000 people into the space from our Substack to our platform to Texas. I am Texas Slim podcast. We've been here, I think, approximately about eight days. And we were lucky enough to find this, basically, this paradise. Uh, whenever we were coming to Australia, we didn't even know that we we're going to have access. This whole trip is about creating market access on an international level. As uh, Rod from Bitcoin Park and Odell and Mills told me about, I guess it was the 1st of June, along with Liz of Bitcoin Charlotte, is we're going to build out locally and we're going to broadcast globally. That's what we're doing today. And I'm very excited because we have uh, uh, so much to say in a short period of time. But we have Mike. Michael is from Australia, and uh, we're in a place that his family has been here for, I believe, over 20 years. We're sitting on the deck of a beautiful house that overlooks a place called Lorne, Lorne, Australia. And if I butcher that, Mike, you're going to help me out. Spot on. But uh, Mike, uh, you are a Bitcoiner. You heard about the Beef Initiative whenever you were in California, and you uh, basically heard people talking at Pacific Bitcoin. And um, so it's it's amazing in the Bitcoin space and the beef space that we get to create these connections and these networks. And we came here, Liz and I did last week when we first got to Australia, and we came and checked it out. It was kind of a discovery. And you told us about a uh, health journey, uh, a, a way that you went out and shook a rancher producer's farmer's hand, um, how you created your own market access, this beautiful community in which you live in, your family has been living in for years. So why don't we kind of wait for a second. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. And then we're going to talk about what we've been up to the last week and what we did today. Perfect. Thank you, Slim. Thanks for um having me along you bet um yeah i'm michael scanlon and i currently live in lawn victoria australia and um i met liz at the uh, pacific bitcoin conference in november mm -hmm. and so through liz got connected to you slim and yeah have been um down a journey in terms of my own health so um so yeah i've uh i've found that um, Carnival has been incredibly life-changing for me, and um, that sort of led me to the Bitcoin path. Whenever you talk about uh, your your health journey, that's kind of how I started my journey into food intelligence, Bitcoin, and beef, and they all c coincided together. They became a roadmap and a pathway that I felt honored and actually obligated to follow. Um, I see a lot of people in the Bitcoin space that, you know, is following, you know, going into beef intelligence is what I call it now, that it there's something that happens in their lives that gets them started down uh, a way of looking at nutrition, looking at health, looking at uh, money, looking how we're communicated to about all of them. And I think it's a gift. I think it's something that happens in people's lives that a lot of people say, oh, that's, you know, that's that's a tragedy or that's, you know, something that you don't ever want to have to live through. Well, I say that's the best opportunity I've ever had. And it's the best gift, gift I ever had. You kind of had the same story. You have a testimony about your health. So why don't we kind of give everybody an, uh, an understanding of where you were maybe five years ago mm -hmm. in, the, in the journey you had to take? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you in terms of this is the best thing that's ever happened to me because um, through my health, I guess I could validate what was good for me and what was healthy rather than being told this is what's good for you and this is what, you know, is, is best for your health. So about six or seven years ago, I got um, pretty sick. I was um, tired all the time, lethargic. Um, I had headaches, migraines. Um, I was, you know, really flat from a sort of mental health perspective, you know, all that. Um, those symptoms sort of culminated in like depression and anxiety. And I felt pretty ho um, helpless just because I'd seen every doctor that I could possibly see. I'd gone and seen the so-called experts and didn't find any um, sort of benefit from any of that path. Um, I was sort of skeptical on the whole um, idea of, um, you know, medical intervention through taking certain drugs. 
and I had an experience that really changed my view on nutrition um, because I took out gluten from my diet and that really changed things for me drastically. So I used to get migraines every month or two and um, they were pretty debilitating for 24, 48 hours. And when I took gluten out of my diet, it was really hard to get off gluten. And I went through, you know, what was no doubt in my mind sort of withdrawing from gluten. And it was really difficult. I had real bad headaches for probably about a week um, and massive cravings and the like. Um, but when I took gluten out of my diet, I felt a hundred times better and my migraines went away and I was sort of convinced that nutrition plays a huge part in our health and well-being. And then so fast forward maybe a year or two later, I was struggling with headaches every day. Um, so not migraines, but just sort of very sort of minor low grade headaches, but I knew that there was something that was wrong. And I just didn't feel like myself. I had sort of brain fog. I was just generally struggling to be kind of, um, you know, healthy and happy in everyday life. Um, and so the, the gluten experience had taught me that nutrition is really important, but I didn't know what was going to actually solve my problem for me. I believed all the usual sort of health experts suggesting that, you know, fat's bad for you, um, you know, don't eat too much red meat, um, you know, sugar's fine, um, fat's the enemy, you know, cholesterol's bad, all those sorts of things. Um, but I slowly went on this journey because the doctors wouldn't actually, um, they weren't able to provide any help. I had to, I realized at one point that I had to actually fix this myself and actually understand what is going to fix my health. I, I was the only one that would actually find the answer. So I started reading every single book that I could possibly find on the topic and I went down the, you know, different sort of nutritional paths and from like the GAPS diet to Dr. Stephen Gundry's plant paradox um, to, you know, keto to all sorts of different nutritional um, ideas. And I just found that the more I took out of my diet, the better I felt. So I, the first thing that sort of went was um, processed food and that, you know, from my perspective was huge because I grew up eating like cereals and a lot of bread and a whole lot of processed food like everyone else. Um, so that was really difficult. And then um, just training my body to actually be able to use fat as energy and fuel was really difficult for me because I'd spent 30 years of my life um, running off sugar and eating a whole lot of cereal every day. Even before bed, I'd have six to eight um, wheat bix every night before bed. So. Um, so that was a real sort of difficult journey to get off the processed carbohydrates. Um, and I found huge benefit from um, being able to burn fat as a fuel. But I still had headaches and I still wasn't quite right and I still had brain fog and there was still issues. Um, and then eventually I heard Michaela Peterson mm -hmm. on Joe Rogan and then Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan and then I think Dr. Sean Baker um, as well. And they were talking about this carnivore diet. And I thought it was completely insane. I thought it was mad. Um, I couldn't believe that people would be able to survive on just meat. And so I sort of brushed it off um, in the first instance, but the more research that I did, the more everything started to marry up. So every single book had commonalities and every single different dietary um, expert that actually knew what they were talking about in nutrition might have had potentially different um, slants on similar topics and I started to kind of work out what was consistent across all of them mm -hmm. and generally speaking it was going back to what our ancestors ate eating what is evolutionarily consistent and eating natural food yeah so um, that was consistent across you know all of the gurus that I was following and listening to and, and reading you know books and so the closer I got to what you know, worked out to be sort of evolutionarily consistent in my mind, um, the healthier I got. And so I eventually found carnivore and I had a huge life-changing moment in about sort of three days. My, you know, anxiety and depression lifted. I felt like a different sort of human. I felt like my brain was working completely um, differently. I could articulate what I was thinking and um, my words were easier to come by. 
I um, felt like my sort of um, the clarity in just my mind was extraordinary. The world looked sharper. So, um, you know, edges of buildings and things looked sharper than what they did previously. And my brain fog sort of lifted. And then I found that there was even other benefits. So my headaches went away. Um, and that was sort of what I was chasing in terms of Nirvana from a health perspective. But then it turned out that it, it, there were so many other benefits that I never even thought could be possible. And that was like um, I had Achilles tendinopathy for 10, 15 years, had to stop running, had to stop playing football. That completely went away and I could run again. I could um, run long distances with zero pain. I could do hill sprints. So that was amazing. I didn't realize that that was, had anything to do with the inflammation from my diet. Um, I then, um, even just my sleep improved remarkably. I, instead of having to need sort of nine hours sleep every night and waking up feeling groggy and tired and struggling to get out of bed, I would have six, seven hours sleep and I'd wake up feeling incredible for the first time in my life. I felt like I got a great night's sleep and I felt energetic in the morning. And, um, so I just knew instantly that this was the answer and, um, it was the answer for me, I'm not suggesting that it's the answer for everyone, but certainly there was something in plants that was causing, um, issues for me. And mm -hmm. I imagine that's because of years of, um, eating the wrong things and eating processed food and eating, um, things that were potentially damaging my gut lining. Um, so it led to a place where my gut lining wasn't um, working as um, it should. And so plants were causing inflammation in my body and through, um, you know, through the blood. So once I removed all the plants, everything went back to not just normal, but 10 times better than normal because I never actually understood that I could feel that good. Right. And I, whenever you talk about your gut, right, they call it leaky gut. Yep, and, absolutely. And it's something that I think a lot of people are starting to hear. Some people for the first time, uh, I think that it's something that is getting traction. There was something that was uh, spoken this weekend uh, with Dr. Prawn at the uh, micro summit that we had out at Wolke Farm here in Australia, outside of Albury, Australia. The what you just said is daunting to most people. It's daunting to most individuals. And what and you just said, well, it's probably not, you know, who knows if it's for that other individual that is suffering right now with mm -hmm. their health. But what what it is, it's it's almost a call to action saying, hey, you know, there is success here. There's something that is is has happened in your life. Uh, you know, you're not a marketing plan. You're not a centralized, you know, commercial. You're not a multinational corporation. You're just an individual that said, hey, nobody's going to save me. I'm going to uncover some truths. I'm going to uh, under, uh, uncover some deceptions. And that was the same thing that happened with me. And when my first article that I wrote on the Substack was called The Harvest of Deception. And once we're willing to peel back the layers of maybe the, the lies of the onion, you know, as we say, we're able to un uncover some truths that you're just not going to come across unless you do have that suffering engineered upon you. Yeah. So what I tell people is like, you need to engineer your own suffering before the suffering is engineered upon you or that it is continually engineered upon you. A lot of people are scared to do that because there is a transformation that happens. There's a transition of basically feeling horrible. And whenever you're teaching your body basically to, to process new types of fats, to eliminate the sugars and the carbohydrates out of your system because of the inflammation, it's a form of detox. It's a form of your body saying, okay, I'm trying to do my job here and now you're letting me do it. You have to have patience. You have to have faith. And it's hard for a lot of people because the centralized medical industry really does not help us that much. I found that out. Every story that I talk to that people have had this basically journey into this form of basically decentralized food, going back to the animal fats that actually did get us here as far as us evolving where did you find your faith? Where was your, your, your confidence? What was it in you that you, because I know a lot of people out there want to know this because here we are in February. Uh, we just had the turn of the year. 
you know, all the gyms fill up in January. Everybody's going to go on this new major diet program, but it always repeats itself. It's a hamster wheel of, you know, uh, you know, good intentions usually ends up in failure. And so I think a lot of people out there are wanting to hear these testimonies. As I say, I, I, I told my journey, where did you find your faith as far as knowing that, Hey, this seems to be risky. Everybody's telling me it's risky. Doctors are saying, you know, advise against it. Where can you tell another individual out there that, Hey, you know, this is something that I relied on to get me to where I am right now. Well, I was, I was lucky because I was forced into it. So right. I, I wasn't like the average person that's just sort of stumbling across some of this information and thinking, Oh, that's interesting. I sure. was desperate to change mm -hmm. and fix my health issues. So when I realized that no one else would be able to fix them other than me, I just started reading as much as I possibly could. And so I got my faith from these experts that actually understood nutrition and lifestyle factors that can actually improve health rather than say a doctor that hasn't studied nutrition at yeah. all and has no sort of formal education in um, nutrition and so that was like a bit of a eye-opening journey for me because I was, you know, like everyone else thinking that doctors know best about health. Whereas probably from my experience now, um, I think there's excellent doctors out there that are understanding that nutrition can play a huge part in health, but the general perception um, in, you know, the average doctor, certainly here in Australia is that um, nutrition is not important and it's all about, you know, um, fixing symptoms with medical drugs. Sure. So, yeah, I read, you know, one book that was sort of huge in my development was The Carnival Code by Dr. Paul Saladino. And just reading, you know, a few hundred pages about why meat is so important in nutrition and how we could potentially thrive on a diet like that. And the mechanisms behind it and the science and the evolution he goes into all of that and so that gave me some confidence that this wasn't as crazy as what I might have thought previously um, and all those other books that I'd read had talked about generally speaking the benefits of you know real whole food mm -hmm. and so removing processed foods has huge benefit from a nutritional health standpoint and so whole food meat was part of that journey. Um, and I think I was forced down that extreme end of the spectrum because of my health issues. And so I found a relatively um, what would look like extreme solution. Um, but I think the average person, if they do the research, do the work required to understand it, would find that just eating whole foods, generally speaking, across whole food meat, whole food vegetables, whole food, fruits is probably a very, you know, nutritionally dense, healthy diet. Um, and so the people that are actually, you know, today feeling great, feeling healthy, um, if they're thriving, I'd suggest don't change anything. But for the people like me that, um, you know, feel like their health is nowhere near perfect and that there's room to improve, then this is just, you know, one avenue that they could take. And certainly from my point of view um having leaky gut meaning the gut lining is permeable there's certain toxins in foods that pass the gut lining into the blood and then those toxins can cause autoimmune issues in certain mm -hmm. people so um, when i heard michaela peterson's story she was you know the perfect example of someone who has a multitude of autoimmune issues from chronic arthritis to you know, acne, um, depression, anxiety, you know, all sorts of symptoms. She had a hip replaced at the age of 16, I think, and an ankle replaced at the age of 17. She had all these health issues that were completely cured by removing those plants and the plant toxins from her diet. Um, so her autoimmune issues were solved by removing that stressor on her body and her immune system. So in my mind, I thought, well, if I have a potential similar issue with plant toxins, why don't I just try removing them and um, 
you know, it turned out that it was the perfect elimination diet because it eliminated anything that could possibly be causing an issue for me and everything changed. Yeah. And it was, it was so stark, the difference between pre and post um, eating nothing but meat that, you know, it convinced me that that's all I really needed to know. And so it's been three years now um, eating literally nothing but meat and salt and the fattier the meat, the better. Um, and, you know, we just had some lamb loin chops and, um, you know, slow cooking lamb loin chops and eating those. I don't feel at all um, deprived of fun or deprived of nutrition or deprived of anything. I actually love this lifestyle, love the food. I get more excited probably about my breakfast when I wake up with a slow cooked lamb shoulder than the average person gets excited about their, you know, cereal or toast or whatever they're having for breakfast. So I feel like I'm actually lucky that I've been through it. Um, I'm lucky that I was taught what is good for me because my body told me that's not good for me. And I learned, I guess the hard way some could say, but I've, I've learned what's um, optimal for me. Yeah. And you, you, you visualized a lot of things there. One thing I think I've, I've come across as far as, you know, the beef initiative and talking with people, everybody says, great. Uh, well, fantastic. Well, how do I get started? You know, and we, we tend to generalize everything. And one thing that, uh, I like to educate on is creating market access to exactly what you just said. How do we do it in a digital world, in a a world that's run by multinational food corporations? How do you basically eliminate everything that you were consuming into a new consumption model that has that density of nutrition, be it fruit, vegetables, you know, clean food, let's just say clean food. Yep. Well, how do you get there? And once again, we all have had, uh, we have our journeys. I had mine. I grew up basically with uh, something that is fun. We have to reboot this here. Let's try to get this set up here. Perfect. Sorry about that gimbal. Anyways, um, everybody know that we're using a dual setup here and we're learning how to do it on the road. So (laughs) If we get wonky, we'll be right back. But anyways, we've got it to cover now. But what I've found out as far as market access or being able to go out there and source the type of density of that nutrition has been pretty much, there's a prohibition against doing that. Uh, there's a lot of propaganda against that. And that's one of the reasons I did start the beef initiative because I remember how I was raised. I was raised with a fee- uh, freezer full of beef. And I tell people it's so simple that it's complicated to most of the population, not only in where I come from, Texas, in the United States, but it, really it's an international issue. The, the leaky gut is becoming an international issue. The inflammation is an international issue. And once you can correlate the, the cause and the effect of you know, the international issue of our health that is basically declining along with the type of foods that in our lifetime we've been presented, then you have to create your own solution, correct? And so whenever you are faced with creating your own market access, your own solution to that dense animal protein for you because of the carnivore, what were your steps that you took? Well, I'm again lucky to be living in a community like this where it's only sort of 20 minutes out the road at the back here and we've got beautiful green pastures and amazing farms. So I went through um, a little bit of a journey finding a farmer. I knew that I wanted to buy local and have a, you know, grass-fed organic sort of regenerative farm was pretty important to me. So I tried a couple of the farmers in this area Um and when I landed on um, the farm that's just out the back here with Udi, the farmer that we just um, went and met, his meat was so incredibly tasty and his um, ethos around how he, you know, farms was so in line with what I was looking for Right. that I didn't have to go anywhere else. So I was very lucky and he delivers here to my house every Friday. Um, so, yeah, the setup that I've got, I get, you know, a whole lamb and then multiple cuts of beef every week. Um, A lot of beef mince, um, brisket, you know, ribs, all the fattiest cuts. And yeah, his meat has a different taste and texture. You guys have tasted it and Mm -hmm. we're saying that, you know, you need to find, um, you know, that sort of meat every time you eat. Um, And I even find from a health perspective, I've learned a lot from Woody, my farmer, 
in the way the practices of um, at the abattoir and what they do differently for Udi and the local farmers here versus the meat that I can get at the supermarket down the road. Mm -hmm. And the reason I stumbled across that is because I've said to him, when I eat too much supermarket meat, I get eczema on my eyes. And so my eyelids get really dry and sort of the skin crusts. And I knew the difference because when I'd eat nothing but Woody's farm fresh meat, I felt incredible and my eczema would go away and I had no problems whatsoever. And then I'd go back and eat, you know, some of the um, more highly processed meat from the supermarket. Um, it would come back again. So I'm obviously exceptionally um, susceptible to certain preservatives and, you know, processes in the food. And it would be explained today like he did to me a year ago when he was explaining why his meat makes me healthy and other meat potentially doesn't. Um, he talked about the flushing that they put through um, the carcass, mm -hmm. you know, after they kill the animals. So um, that has certain preservatives that are obviously not working for my body and my body is exceptionally sensitive to, whereas Udi doesn't use any of those. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing to see that even the taste is better but also the health benefits are um, for better, far better for me. And we were just out of drive and we went out to Udi's farm today. We went and shook a farmer's hand here in uh, Australia. We call them paddocks here. They call them pastures. You know, we have a lot of different lingos, but what we're talking about is farming, ranching, learning how to eat the earth again, the way our grandfathers did. Udi's been doing this for over 15 years now. Um, he changed his whole life. He found some land that needed some help. He needed some help within his life. He wanted to find his own little paradise and he found it. And for the last 15 years, what he's done is he's regrown the soil. He's used the land tools, the lamb and the cows to basically regrow that soil. So that is allowing you to eat the earth again, just like our ancestors did. And, you know, Right there. It's so simple. It's complicated. I come across so many people in the space in food intelligence, within beef, within carnivore, with everybody gets in this analysis paralysis of saying, well, we does it have this particular chemical in it? Eliminate it all. Mm. Get back to the source of the seed of basically learning how to eat the earth again that is clean. And if you can do that, if you can just accept that's what I need to do, your journey takes a, a, a fork. It's a good fork. It's not a bad fork as in, you know, that, you know, the shit coins out there, basically. But what it is, it's a fork of you uh, having a different understanding, simplifying your consumption model and developing a relationship with somebody that actually is willing to change his life. He's put all the proof of work into it. All you have to do is go up there today. He showed up on his little, uh, you know, four wheel, you know, rain, we call them Rangers back in the States. He shows up, big old smile, comes up and he shakes Oliver's hands. And one thing that he did straight into it within two minutes, he started educating us why he does what he does. And, and that's all you have to do. You have to go find, create market access to somebody that lives and dies. He's from Israel lives and dies to feed you. I can only imagine his journey that he took to go to that land to regrow that soil. And when we were sitting there and we were driving around in his four-wheel drive, looking at the cattle, looking at the land, the sheep, looking at his beautiful paddocks, um, one thing that he was reminding me of is the same thing that we went with out at uh, Jason Rick's ranch in Colorado, Cole Bolton's ranch in Texas, Will Harris's ranch in Georgia, in Bluffton, Georgia. Everybody has the same story. And he showed us a paddock that was on the other side of the fence of him. The land was destroyed. His land is thriving. How long did it take you to get there? It was about 10 years, but mm -hmm. it came back and he put the time preference into it. He put the discipline into it. He learned how to basically steward the land as our ancestors did. And if you can make it that simple, what you understand that this is a lifestyle, that once you go down that path, be it a consumer or a producer, farmer, whatever it is, it's, it's teamwork. It's teamwork by everybody involved, but you have the same intentions and you have the same results. Everybody becomes happier, 
they become educators. You're an educator now. I'm an educator now. He's an educator now. Uh, he has a hobby. He's doing grapes, and now he's, he, he he does regenerative wine as a hobby. And I, in the beginning, whenever I did uh, I did announce the beef initiative, I said this is an international lifestyle that you don't understand yet. And that's when everybody's like, oh, whatever. It's just eating beef. This is so much bigger than being a carnivore. It's about the relationships. And so, how long ago did you find it? Uh, about three years ago. About three years ago. Yeah. And and you guys are almost best friends now. I He's mean, great. there's respect. And, and all of a sudden we're sitting there and I'm going to, we're going to talk about our experience today. And then I'm going to go back to uh, the summit there at Wokey Farm with uh, Jacob Wokey this past weekend. But we're sitting there and uh, we didn't even bring up Bitcoin, did we? We didn't even have to say anything. We let him educate us after we shook his hand and we said, hey, would you tell us what you do and why you do it? And then how do you do it? And within 30 minutes, we basically heard a fantastic story. Mm. And all of a sudden, we're just sitting there. We're talking about food. We're talking about the soil. We're talking about eating the earth, basically. He brings up Bitcoin. We didn't have to bring it up. So now tell, let's tell you, I'll let you take it from there. We're sitting there in the four-wheel drive, driving back to this main headquarters, and Udi brings up Bitcoin, and here we go. We're off to the races. What happens next? Yeah, well, um, so it's funny because I've mentioned Bitcoin to Udi a couple of times just in passing when we're sure. when he's delivering to my house. And he ran into a few Bitcoiners at a um, local farm. John. Um, yeah, John. Yes. At... Um, the you know local farmers market and they had bitcoin shirts on and he'd obviously you know heard certain things i'd mentioned it you know he knew that you were coming to town and he saw there was a connection there with the bitcoin so he, these things yeah, he started, did he went to the beef initiative and he's like i don't understand this beef and he bitcoin didn't, thing he yeah. didn't understand the connection right um and so he asked the guys at the farmers market i imagine you know um you know you've got bitcoin shirts on they were asking can can i pay in bitcoin and so what he accepted his first ever um, payment in Bitcoin and they set him up with a wallet and the like. And so, um, you know, today sitting in his four wheel drive after he's just, you know, shown us around his farm, he said that he's got a Bitcoin wallet and he's accepting Bitcoin. And, you know, obviously you guys were um, over the moon and I've now got to um, organize myself so I can pay him going forward in Bitcoin. Um, but he, you know, you could see that his face light up when um, Liz sent him sats for the meat that she bought. Right. Um, his whole face sort of lit up and couldn't believe that, you know, this is, it's that easy. He said, this is easier than square. And, you know, we reminded him that there's also no fees. So he's yeah. saving 1.9%. Um, and he just couldn't believe that, um, you know, how easy it was and the fact that there's zero fees you can see it sort of turning over in his head. He's he's not um, aware of and sort of, I guess, educated on Bitcoin, the asset at this stage, because I think he's very early in that journey. Um, but you could just tell from what he was saying throughout the day about his farm and the way he goes about it and his low time preference sort of mm -hmm. thinking on the farm that he's just primed to learn about the asset. What he was excited about, and once again, it's it's you look at food, clean food, clean, dense food, the simplicity of it is what he was excited about. You know, everything else, it will come in time. Just like his paddock of 10 years that he took 10 years to basically steward and regrow, you know, education in Bitcoin will take 10 years. This is transformation of technology. It's, it's innovation, right? And the one thing that I really liked about it is he didn't even talk in um, dollars. He talked in sats Yeah. because I got my first 115,000 <laughs> sats this weekend when he was talking about John at the farmer's market. And so we upped his uh, sats up to, uh, I think, over 250,000 now because <laughs> we bought a bunch of lamb, a bunch of uh, ground mints, which is fantastic. I can't wait to try that. And we, we got a brisket and now we're set. And what we did is we built a relationship and then he gave us three bottles of his regenerative wine, you know, on, on the house. It's relationship building. We get too keyed up with the over-education of Bitcoin sometimes. And whenever you've, you've got this, uh, the relationship established, whenever you let the, basically the educator educate, which he educated us, 
And he educated us in a way that each of the one of the producers and ranchers that I've come across that are part of the beef initiative, be it in Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, it doesn't matter, across the world, they all have the same story. They want to tell you why they do what they do. And once you allow them to do that, allow them to have that voice that they haven't had, well, now they're going to have a louder voice now. Think about how many people, once people realize that these farmer's markets, they've got this guy in Australia that goes to the farmer's markets. He does do delivery to the people that he has relationships. He comes to your place every Friday. Think about how much new consumer demand is going to come his way. Think about how many Bitcoiners will go out of their way now mm. to hear the story that we heard today. That's called adoption. That's called transformation. That's called giving a voice to a farmer, which he is worried about his privacy. You know, he, he's been a Bitcoiner for the last 15 years. He just didn't even know it. <laughs> and he doesn't, it's, it's not that hard in us in the Bitcoin space. We make it a lot more difficult than it has to be. What we have to do, if we're going to say low time preference, well, we better live it. If we're going to talk it, we have to live it. And what it is, it's only value. It just increases the value of your life. Think about it if you wouldn't have found Udi or you wouldn't have been able to find anybody in this paradise. Where would you where would you have gone? You know, where is it? And that's what I understand about the beef initiative. And that's why I give the uh, producer rancher a digital voice. And then we give market access to where people like Udi, people like Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle, Jason Rick, Holy Cow, Justin Trammell, all the ranchers and producers that I talk about in the United States, we give them a way to open up their gates to where they don't feel like they have to be so private. They feel empowered. And today when we left, he had a big smile on his face. He felt empowered. Now think about he can, he's going to go home tonight. He's going to look at that wallet. He's going to look at that quarter of a million sats that he now has. He's going to innovate within what he's doing. He is going to listen to the education that now is going to come his way. And you just said, when we left there, we we're driving away. And you said, I'm going to go over there and give him an education on Bitcoin now. He's ready. It's been three years. It's okay, man. Here we are. And some, some ranchers, producers, that might be the first week, might be three years later. It doesn't really matter because your life is better. His life is better. Now you have a fantastic relationship. And I look forward to hearing, you know, the Bitcoiners that find him from now on uh -huh. you know, through your education and the like. There'll be people in the area that hear of a farmer that's accepting Bitcoin and that he'll probably get more, um, you know, customers out of it. Yeah, he, he really will. And that's what you hear. I have a, I have a rancher in Arkansas. OK, he uh, it, over a year ago, he found one of my podcasts. I believe it was through Adam Curry or something like that. But he heard about beef and Bitcoin. He heard some dude calling himself Texas Slim. And uh, he he drove his family. He drove his wife. He's driven his brother. He came to every one of our summits except for one in the United States. Well, in the beginning of that conversation, the very first conversation I ever had with him, he had tears in his eyes. His land that his family had owned for 150 years was something that he didn't know if he was going to have to sell. He was going to get rid of his herd. He couldn't find anybody that had a consumer demand to his cattle. I said, where's your website? I don't have a website. All he had was a phone number, a location, and that was it. And I said, put your name, your phone number, and your location into the Beef Initiative platform. And within probably a month, he was sold out of his herd that he was going to sell to the multinational processing centers. That's who you sell to, basically. Mm -hmm. And so now he's going to have a micro summit in Arkansas. He's basically increasing the herd size. He's building his community. He's accepting Bitcoin. He has a website. And here he is. He has an e-commerce model. He now has a digital voice. He has a voice in his community. And now he's educated on Bitcoin. And that was one full year. And that's all it takes. That's what I see happening over and over again. I, it's the same story. And it really is. It's up to us as the consumers to basically start becoming the marketing arm of these ranchers, producers, because they, they need to be private for a lot of reasons. There's a war on beef. There's a war on dense nutrition. We know that. We're not going to go into all the nefarious crap because uh, it's just there and we're circumventing around it. And this weekend, you actually drove down to Janjuk, and uh, you met a lot of 
people that were like, Hey, what's, what's going on here? And we had a talk that night and then we just got back from Wokey farm and, you know, Jay, Jacob Wokey is part of the Australian beef initiative. And so now that we have the Australian beef initiative, we have people like Udi, we have people like you, Australia is about to kind of get its name on the map. And as far as leading in beef and Bitcoin, and you're playing a part of that. I mean, I, I find that exciting because you found us in the States. Now we're here in Australia and now you get to start being that digital marketing voice and the person in, in, in this community that supports your local farmer and rancher. Yeah. Well, I feel very lucky because um one happy to be a part of it. And two, if I can help, you know, anyone find health that's struggling, um, that's kind of what's important to me. So I'm more than happy to spread the word. Well, and that's where I, I, this year for me, we're in the beef initiative. You know, I, I tell everybody I was just shooting in every direction the last three years. I was seeing what stuck. I was seeing what what is out there that people are really needing to hear. Where is our traction? Where is our innovation? Where is our, you know, growing to where we can uh, attract more people and bring more people into the space? And the number one thing is, to, I say, we're saving children's lives. What you went through, what I've gone through in my lifetime, I don't want children to have to go through that. Think about the amount of suffering out there that's going on right now that we can change by focusing on saving children's lives because it's based on sound food intelligence. So our pillars of strength this year in the beef initiative sell as much damn animal protein as we can across the globe. Every one of these producers, farmers, ranchers need to have that voice. Education right there. It takes education from both sides and then basically saving children's lives. If you can't be a part of that, then what's your intentions? You know, and being in any space, having any type of lifestyle, how can you pick that apart? I don't think you can. And um, one thing that I like to do is, you know, these testimonials that we say, these stories, um, you know, we're going to kind of cut this one off now because we've got uh, more lamb chops to eat, actually. We're going to get the uh, lamb out of the... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's such a beautiful day here. So, um, you know, we had a micro summit uh, at Wilkie Farm. It's the same store. We had doctors there. We had farmers, producers, ranchers. We had people that flew across the continent of Australia to come to that micro summit. And everybody has a story. Everybody needs to basically step up and start becoming that marketing arm of these producers and ranchers. For people that really want to follow your journey, maybe, you know, what can you tell them? The books, whatever. What would you suggest to people right now? Um, well, they can hit me up on Twitter because okay. I love being a coach to anyone who's going down this path. Right. Um, because, yeah, I think if I had someone in my position to help me, it would have fast-tracked my health journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm at Mikey Scans on Twitter, M-I-K-E-Y-S-C-A-N-S. Um, and then I'd be following people like Dr. Paul Saladino, Dr. Sean Baker, um, and read the Carnivore Code, which mm-hmm. is by Dr. Paul Saladino. Um, and there's just, you know, abundance. If you if you go looking, there's so much out there to to follow and um, mm-hmm. so much to read. But um, but yeah, I'm happy to to help anyone that you know needs needs help. And, and you brought up uh, Peterson, what was her name for everybody? Michaela Peterson. Like Michaela, that's yeah. Jordan Peterson's daughter. That's Jordan Peterson's daughter. Right. Um, so she's got a YouTube channel and a podcast as well. So there's plenty of information out there. There's plenty yep. kind of, of cast is another great one. If um for me who's lived through a health journey um that you know, ended in, culminated in Carnival fixing everything. Mm-hmm. I love nothing more than listening to the Carnival cast, which is a podcast um, out of America where they just interview people that have gone on the Carnival journey. And generally it's um, incredible health journeys. Yeah. And so I just love listening to other people that have lived through a similar journey and found extraordinary benefit from the Carnival diet. So um, that's another podcast that I sort of I don't miss one and it's kind of crazy I I know all the answers like I know I've fixed my health I know that this can fix other people's health um but just hearing the stories I don't know it 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 really um is sort of inspirational and um, pretty touching well I love it and one thing that I was lucky enough uh you know I had a six degrees of separations to uh Dr. Sean Baker Mm -hmm. you know through Dr. Philip Ovedia you guys out there look up Dr. Philip 
Bovadia, heart surgeon in the United States. He introduced me to Sean Baker. Sean Baker spoke at our micro summit in Tennessee at Nashville at Bitcoin Park. Uh, Dr. Sean Baker reached out the other day, said, "Hey, we have this Olympic athlete. Let's let's uh, let's let's sponsor her. Let's promote her. Mm-hmm. Let's get a rancher." I said, "I'll do it. I'll send her a box of Texas Slim's cuts. Nice. You know, here we go. You know, this is this is a big collaboration, and it's so fun." So, Sean, this is Mike. He needs to be on your podcast because he has a story, just like all your wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, supporters and clients or whatever they are, they're basically your collaboration. So Mike needs to be on your podcast and we need to get more people on all of these podcasts talking about basically their journeys. And so the, my journey is <laughs> led me to paradise guys. So tell, let's tell everybody where we are. I mean, the sun is beautiful. It's been a beautiful day. What kind of bird is making those noises? Well, you're testing me now. I well, think the, the one that the really the, the loud, kookaburra one. Is yeah, the kookaburra. Yes, yeah, they sing or they they sort of laugh. Um, they make a hell of a lot of noise. Right, and they were out here. I was literally sitting on that table, um, enjoying a meal on my own a few nights ago, and a kookaburra flew out of nowhere. I literally didn't see it coming. I was looking down at my plate of um, lamb cutlets and. The kookaburra flew in, swooped, stole the lamb, cut it off my plate, and kept flying and flew <laughs> off. So you got to be careful around here because right. they steal them off the barbecue. Um, they'll literally steal them off the off your plate in front of you. So um, there's lots of kookaburras, and there's also cockies. So cockies make a lot of noise as well. Um, but well, then there's countless birds that are floating around. Yeah, there's a, a million tropical birds in australia and the, the the kookaburra what they did is they they found a new market access to good animal protein i know where the meat's being cooked right um tell everybody where we are this is lauren australia and tell the significance of the beauty of here yeah so it's a peninsula it's a cove whatever you that's right say. so we're about two hours south of melbourne on the surf coast is what we call it um that's the sort of shire larger area and we're looking out over Lewitt Bay um, across to Aries Inlet and Fairhaven. And um, yeah, there's some beautiful little coastal towns along the Great Ocean Road here that you might have heard about. Um, but yeah, Lawn's been a big part of my family for as long as I can remember. And um, it's just a beautiful place to be. It's well protected. So there's a north facing beach that is, um, you know, well protected from the wind and it's just a pristine, calm place and there's a there's a really nice right longboard wave mm-hmm. um that you know adds to the uh serenity around here well and i would be a jackass if i don't learn how to somewhat surf I we, mean, can do that. we, we, we yeah. will we're going to be here for a while we're just getting started right. here in australia uh, we've got Tony and Sil. We're about staying with them down in. Uh, Tony can teach you how to surf. Yes, he can. He's one of the big wave surfers that yeah. is out there ever. Yeah. And you know what? He's so low profile. Yeah. The most humble man. I love him. He's he's a damn good friend. Everything that they've done for us to get us here has been fantastic. Um, on that note, you spell Lorne, L-O-R-N-E. If you're going to do a Google search, do a Google search on Lorne, Australia. It's an international lifestyle. So uh, we're going to go eat some more good dense animal protein that came from the earth right here. The birds here. They Udi's know that finest. We, yes, Udi's finest. And, uh, you know, he doesn't try to feed the world. What he tries to do is feed his community. And that's what we do. We build out locally. We broadcast globally. We support in a way that they've never been supported before as far as the farmers, the ranchers, and the producers. So thank you for having us. Thank you for hosting us. Um, I'm going to do a little sign-off here. Everybody, we are now the Beef Initiative moving forward in an international way that I never thought that we would. Uh, It's because of you. It's because of everybody. It's because of these testimonials. It's because of these stories. This is uh, this is truth in food. This is truth in life. This is basically authenticity, integrity. Uh, it's something that's based on love, respect, and trust. It's based on decentralized uh, uh, thinking. It's a decentralized mindset. It's sound money. It's sound health. It's sound communications for a sound future for all of our children. Uh, it's time to everybody step up. It's time to share this podcast. It's time to talk about it. It's time to to have your own voice. 
and having a voice in truth and food is something that gives you amazing, basically rewards in your life from your health, from your happiness to your mental stability, to your emotional stability. Um, there's a lot of miracles that happen every day. So you guys keep on plugging away, keep on supporting us, spread the word, keep on educating in the way that you can keep on innovating. Uh, every time that you basically share a podcast like this, you're becoming the digital marketing, uh, advertising and marketing arm for the producers, ranchers themselves. So right now I'm going to sign off. We're going to go have some fantastic food from Moody's farms. And what I'm going to do is i'm going to turn it over to uh june right now our executive producer of texas slims media uh so much more to come you guys stay tuned we'll see you next week i have a lot to share get onto our instagram i am texas slim we just launched it we need new followers we're going to have short form videos we're going to have many movies we're going to have stories like this we're going to have testimonials through the podcast i am texas slim love you guys remember i am texas slim are you Hey, everybody. This is the executive producer of Texas Slims Media. My name is June Bismala. And before we get started on this week's outro, I just wanted to give a big shout out to everybody streaming and boosting sats in podcasting 2.0. Now, we like to use the Fountain app, fountain.fm where you can inscribe little messages in your boosts and tips. But you could use a number of different applications and platforms. Head on over to podcastindex.org backslash apps to find an exhaustive list of resources. So I just want to give a big shout out to TW Cattle the Ozark Beef Initiative is happening May 5th through 6th, 2023 in Prairie Grove, Arkansas. More details to follow. Soil health leads to metabolic health, with, which leads to financial health. I want to give a big shout out to Busted Canoe. Jordan Rickner, J-R-C-Y Noah. They said, everything I have, double it. That's love. Bruce R. Lang. He says, thanks for the work you are putting into the Beef Initiative. Big shout out to Bubba. Can I have a side order of piss and vinegar with my steak? Bring it on. Classic Bubba statement there. A Japanese person is the username. Their message with their boost was water intelligent. They came through two times. Shout out to Joel W. Shout out to also known as TWS. They say good luck down under. Bicycle Bear. Gabba Gabba Hey. Keep on crushing. Got you, fam. Ernie McCracken, he appreciates all the knowledge we're dropping on him. Shout out to AMZ. And a big shout out to all the anonymous listeners streaming and boosting. Now we'll move on to the outro. Every thread must be pulled. We're out of time. Many lives have been lost. 
So for them, we're already too late. Inshallah. And so it goes. Every thread must be pulled. Because there are so many more lives to save. Enslaved by the dizzying rituals of the fiat food Ponzi. But what are those rituals? And how do they manifest themselves in the day-to-day? -day? One needs only to look back at the food they ate, the food their parents ate, and their grandparents. Life is complex. So start at the input. Life's dramas unfold over the backdrop of our nutritional baseline, or the lack thereof. So how do we fight with each other? How do we love each other? We do it with the glue of our nutritional baseline. So what connections are we forming with ourselves and with each other? If the bonds that make up experience come from a place of debasement, then of course most marriages end in divorce today. Of course there are so many single parents. Of course there are so many kids whose lives lack balance. Love cannot thrive under these circumstances. Love has itself become debased. And what comes after is anybody's guess. Because when the children of this world lack balance, the world descends into chaos. Maybe that's the plan. Just look at all the media being produced today, independent and otherwise. Does it make you feel good? And so the story we're writing is a love story. It's a love lost story. It's a love found story. Of course it is. This is the inversion of the Trail of Tears. That's the story we're writing. And who else is going to show us how to get back to the source of the seed? Who else? Of course, it's the cowboy. All the traumas and brain fog and exhaustion in the world go away when you shake your rancher's hand. Have you shaken your rancher's hand? Do you even know how to talk to the people whose proof of work is in your food? Every thought you have and move you make begins somewhere. Start at the input. So how to approach them? How to look them in the eye and ask them with humility to be educated. It's the most important step you can take to start to uncover the mystery of your own origin story. What is the source of the seed that have grown you? Only you can answer that question. The path to self-discovery is clear. Don't become one of their new fake commodities. Because you're better than that. I'm the executive producer, June Bismillah. Fix the money, fix the food. This is Texas Slims Media. Oh,